China has leapfrogged SpaceX, Elon Musk's company, and Jeff Bezos's company, Blue Origin, when they successfully launched the world's first methane-fueled rocket into orbit. The Chinese company Landspace accomplished this feat with a rocket that was launched from the Gobi Desert. This not only marks a significant step forward in China's ambitious space program, but also underscores the escalating competition in the field of space exploration globally. American companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin have also been working on developing methane-fueled rockets, also known as methalocks, largely due to their environmental and cost benefits. However, their attempts so far have been met with setbacks, such as the destruction of SpaceX's Starship and the failed launch of Relativity Space's Terran-1. With China's successful launch, the landscape of the international space race continues to shift rapidly. We'll dive deeper into what this means for the future of space exploration after this quick commercial break. So stay tuned for more exciting insights on this topic. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Welcome back, everybody. Now, In a notable stride in the high stakes race of space exploration, China has outpaced U.S. firm SpaceX and Blue Origin by successfully launching the world's first Methalox rocket into orbit. This achievement underscores the fierce competition and constant innovation in this new frontier, reshaping the dynamics of the international space race. Now, this China company, Landspace, launched its rocket from the vast expanse of the Gobi Desert last Tuesday. The rocket ascended into the Earth's orbit shortly afterward, marking a significant milestone in China's ambitious space program. The successful launch was further confirmed by the U.S. Space Force tracking the rocket, according to a tweet from astrophysicist Jonathan McDowell on Wednesday. What sets this rocket apart from its contemporaries is its use of methalox, a composite liquid fuel derived from methane and oxygen. This fuel type is garnering considerable attention from many U.S. companies, all of whom have so far not managed to reach orbit with their methalox-fueled rockets. SpaceX's colossal Starship Mega rocket is about 400-plus feet tall, Another entrant in the methane-fueled category met a cataclysmic end in April when it was destroyed on its debut launch. Similarly, Relativity Space's Terran-1, which also employs methalox, failed to achieve the orbit in its maiden launch in March. Now, Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin's new Glenn, its future hangs in the balance after the explosion of the BE-4 engine during a test in June, as reported by Space.com, and all these developments underline the difficulties faced by these space companies in their quest to develop a methane-fueled rocket capable of reaching Earth's orbit. Now, what makes methalox a coveted fuel for deep space exploration and reusable rockets is its cost-effectiveness, stability, and environmentally friendly attributes, all superior to conventional kerosene-based fuels. 
Furthermore, the potential of mining methane off-world, for instance, on Mars, makes it a compelling choice for companies like SpaceX aiming for the colonization of the Red Planet. Now, this latest launch marks only the second launch attempt for this company, also known as Redbird 2. The rocket encountered a malfunction during its first launch in December of 2022, and the medium-sized rocket, standing about 162 feet tall, is designed to transport payloads into low Earth orbit and further into space. However, while the successful launch is an undeniable triumph for China, it's important to note the loftier ambitions harbored by U.S. companies for their methane-fueled rockets. For instance, SpaceX's Starship, which is about 2.5 times taller than the Redbird, has been conceptualized to ferry crews to the moon, adding layers of complexity to its launch. Also, that rocket will be launching people to Mars someday and also building a space colony on the surface of Mars. Now, Relativity Space is attempting to revolutionize the industry by 3D printing most of its rockets, an unprecedented move in the industry. Nonetheless, the successful launch of the Redbird rocket represents another feather in the cap of China's rapidly growing space program. Over the past five years, the program has accomplished huge, major feats, including launching a crewed space station into orbit, landing a rover on Mars, and sending a probe to the far side of the moon. Since the Chinese government opened the space sector to private investment in 2014, private firms have been vying for supremacy in this lucrative industry. Land space, one of the earliest entrants, has emerged as one of the best-funded entities in the Chinese private space sector. And as the latest achievement shows, the competition in the international space race is really heating up, with China demonstrating its formidable capabilities. Starship is the most groundbreaking rocket system that's ever happened to humanity. But Elon Musk's SpaceX relies on a chemical propulsion system for its Starship spacecraft, utilizing a mix of liquid oxygen and methane as fuel. Now, in contrast, British startup Pulsar Fusion is venturing into a radical new direction in the field of aerospace engineering, developing a nuclear fusion rocket engine. Now, this technology aims to fuse two lighter atoms together to create a heavier atom, releasing an enormous amount of energy in the process. And the result of this? It's a journey to Mars that could potentially be completed in half the time currently achievable by SpaceX's Starship. Furthermore, Pulsar Fusion is pioneering the use of artificial intelligence in the realm of space propulsion technology. Collaborating with Princeton Satellite Systems, Pulsar Fusion is using machine learning simulations to predict and control the behavior of superheated plasma under electromagnetic confinement, an essential part of their fusion-based engine. Now, while SpaceX has made significant strides under Musk's leadership, Pulsar Fusion's innovative approach could revolutionize our understanding of interplanetary travel. Now, don't go away just yet. We'll be right back with more fascinating insights into the future of space travel after this quick commercial break. An ambitious British startup is breaking new ground in the aerospace sector with a game-changing approach to space propulsion. Now, Pulsar Fusion is at the forefront of developing a nuclear fusion rocket engine that could potentially have the journey time to Mars. Based in Bletchley, England, Pulsar Fusion is committed to developing a propulsion system that can reach speeds upwards of 500,000 miles per hour or 805,000 kilometers per hour, and it will endure the most scorching temperatures in the solar system. At the heart of this venture lies nuclear fusion. This is the same reaction that powers our sun and gives it its tremendous energy. 
Nuclear fusion is a process within two lighter atoms combined under high temperature and pressure conditions to form a heavier atom, releasing huge amounts of energy in the process. Scientists globally have lauded the potential of this near-limitless, zero-carbon energy source as the potential successor to fossil fuels. Ironically, the applications of nuclear fusion as a game-changer in our quest for cleaner energy might first be demonstrated in the depths of deep space before we can fully harness it on our home planet of Earth. Now, space is the ideal environment for fusion. With its vacuum conditions and the extreme cold, says Richard Dynan, the CEO of Pulsar Fusion. He said, contrary to a ground-based fusion power station, fusion propulsion for space doesn't require an enormous steam turbine, and fuel can be sourced externally rather than being manufactured on site. Dynan plans to channel this energy directly into the engine to achieve propulsion, a goal he believes is attainable within a short timeline of just about four years. And the technical challenges are immense, but the team at Pulsar Fusion remains undeterred. The primary challenge lies in successfully confining the superheated plasma within an electromagnetic field, explains Dr. James Lambert, chief financial officer at Pulsar Fusion. He adds, the plasma behaves much like a weather system, unpredictable and hard to control under conventional techniques. Now, as the plasma heats up to hundreds of millions of degrees, the reaction simply ceases due to the turbulence. However, recent scientific breakthroughs have propelled this concept closer to reality. In December, a milestone was reached with the first fusion reaction that produced more energy than it took to initiate, a feat hailed as one of the most impressive scientific achievements of the 21st century. Now, encouraged by these advances and the promise of artificial intelligence, Pulsar Fusion is collaborating with Princeton Satellite Systems based in the U.S., to simulate and predict plasma behavior under electromagnetic confinement. These AI-guided machine learning simulations will inform the rocket engine's design process. And Pulsar Fusion's roadmap includes demonstrating that their rocket can achieve fusion temperatures by 2027. If successful, this would represent a significant step towards the world's first commercially viable fusion-based engine. They said, our technology could have mission times to Mars and reduce the flight time to Saturn from eight years to just two. Ultimately, it could empower humanity to venture beyond our solar system. We're going to be shifting our focus to X or Twitter. Let's call it Twitter for now. Twitter's freshly minted X symbol has hastily removed from its San Francisco headquarters on Monday following city officials stern reproach for its unpermitted installation. The massive, attention-grabbing sign set high above Twitter's building began to flash its presence last week, part of the social media giant's latest rebranding effort. So the San Francisco Department of Building Inspection cited the company after receiving a flurry of 24 complaints, flagging concerns about the structure safety and the glare of its intense illumination. City regulations demand a building permit for the installation and even the dismantling of such a sign, a stipulation overlooked by Twitter. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Yet, due to immediate safety concerns, the removal was permitted to proceed, as confirmed by Patrick Hannon, 
the department's spokesperson to NPR. Now, the conflict comes on the heels of sweeping changes announced by Twitter just last week. The removal, which came less than three days after an initial visit by a city inspector to Twitter's headquarters on Friday, indicates escalating tensions between the tech company and the city. The inspector, responding to the city's complaint, was called to evaluate the controversial rooftop sign's adherence to city codes. The company's response was less than accommodating, with a Twitter representative denying the inspector access. The representative, however, stated that the structure was a temporary lighted sign for an event, only to be countered by the inspector's firm declaration that an unpermitted signage must be taken down. Repeated attempts at inspection were met with continued resistance. A second visit to the headquarters on Saturday resulted in another denied request for rooftop access. Twitter, as of yet, has not responded for requests for comment. Elon Musk, the current Twitter owner, however, offered a cheeky response to a tweet claiming San Francisco authorities were attempting to strong-arm the removal of the X sign. Musk replied with a laughing, crying emoji a dismissal of the ongoing drama. Now, this isn't the first encounter of regulatory friction of Twitter in recent days. The company faced reprimands from San Francisco city officials last Monday for removing its original signage, which featured its name and a blue bird logo, without securing the necessary permits. Furthermore, the city criticized the company for neglecting pedestrian safety measures, such as sectioning off the sidewalk during the removal process. The current clash underscores a fraught relationship between the social media titan and its host city as it embarks on its bold new rebranding journey. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. I appreciate all of you and all of your time. So please, if you could take a second and hit the subscribe button or the follow button on whatever podcast platform you're on right now, that would really help out the show and help me continue to do these. We delve into the most recent developments at the social media powerhouse X, formerly known as Twitter now under Musk's dynamic leadership. And in a significant organizational shift, Musk, along with Chief Executive Linda Yaccarino, will be at the helm of the platform's trust and safety team. This team, responsible for content moderation, has been in the limelight following concerns about potential strikes and harmful content. Yet Musk and Yaccarino seem poised and ready to address these challenges. Under the new structure, Musk will oversee X's product and engineering team, while Yakarina will manage all other divisions, including human resources, legal, finance, sales, and operations. And the duo's stewardship promises to usher in a new era for X, potentially refining the norms of social media engagement and safety. Now, Yakarino has also disclosed plans to recruit a new leader for brand safety and suitability. But what does this all mean for X's future? We're set to dive into this and more in today's episode, but before we do, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. So don't go anywhere. Elon Musk acquired the social media platform previously known as Twitter last year, and Linda Yaccarino, the executive chief of the newly dubbed company X, will jointly supervise its trust and safety team. This recent development was officially reported by X on Monday, sparking debates and attracting considerable attention to the future path of the popular social media platform. And at the helm of the trust and safety team, the two high-ranking executives will focus on managing the platform's content moderation mechanisms. In light of the recent controversies, this move emphasizes the company's commitment to ensuring a safe and secure environment for its users. The new arrangement involves the division of leadership responsibilities between Musk and Yaccarino. 
Elon Musk will manage X's product and engineering teams, guiding the design, development, and operations of the platform. And on the other hand, Yakarino's expanded role will cover a broad array of other divisions, including human resources, legal, finance, sales, and operations. Now, the truth and safety team has been under scrutiny, particularly after Musk's acquisition of the former Twitter in October. Critics and researchers have raised concerns about X's content moderation policies, accusing the company of easing content restrictions. And such changes have allegedly contributed to an uptick in harmful posts. However, X defended its stance, arguing that a considerable majority of content views belong to, quote, healthy posts, reinforcing the platform's dedication to creating a positive user experience. Now, in an internal email circulating among X employees on Monday and later shared with Reuters, CEO Linda Yaccarino disclosed the company's plans to recruit a new leader for brand safety and sustainability. This vacancy emerged following the departure of A.J. Brown, the former head of brand safety, who had spearheaded initiatives to prevent ads from appearing adjacent to unsuitable content. Now, Yaccarino's email also revealed a frustrating plan for the truth and safety division, delegating different responsibilities to three ex-leaders. These responsibilities encompass law enforcement operations and measures to disrupt potential threats, reflecting the company's proactive approach to platform security. Now, the reshuffling of the trust and safety team's leadership comes in the wake of Ella Irwin's resignation from the head of the team in June of last year, or this year, sorry, 2023. And however, despite the notable staff changes and growing competition from emerging platforms like Mastodon, Blue Sky, and Meta's threads, X seems undeterred in its pursuit of innovation and growth. Now, defying the critics who anticipated the platform's downfall following Musk's turbulent takeover, the tech billionaire asserts that X is in an upward trajectory. He recently revealed that the platform had reached a new high of 541 million monthly users by the end of July. This figure that Musk insists has been adjusted to exclude bots highlighting the platform's genuine user growth and engagement. All these changes signal that X has committed to evolving its policies and management to ensure a new, safe, productive, and engaging user experience. With Elon Musk and Linda Yaccarino at the helm of the trust and safety team in the future, the company appears prepared to face the challenges ahead, reinforcing its place in the highly competitive world of social media. Now, as the saga unfolds, we will bring you all of the latest information about Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, Macedon, all of the competitors of X.com now. In a major escalation of a feud between X Corp, the parent company of the former social media giant Twitter, and the Center for Countering Digital Hate, CDH, X Corp, launched a lawsuit in San Francisco's federal court on Monday. The defendant? a nonprofit organization known for monitoring hate speech and disinformation, stands accused of implementing a, quote, scare campaign explicitly designed to deter advertisers from associating with X-Corp's platform. The significant lawsuit was officially filed within the confines of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California. Central to the charges is the benefit that CDH has knowingly orchestrated a calculated campaign to discredit X-Corp's platform, thereby scaring away potential advertisers. Now, the defendant allegedly conducted this operation by publishing research reports 
claiming that the social media service had glaringly failed to address and eradicate hateful posts circulating on this platform. And this service is under the ownership of the prominent technology entrepreneur, as we all know, Elon Musk. In the official court filing, XCorp enlisted its legal team to put forth the claim that the CDH had deliberately and systematically engaged in a series of unlawful acts. These acts were supposedly committed with the intention of gaining unauthorized access to XCorp's protected data, information that CDH would allegedly need to cherry-pick specific posts from hundreds of millions made each day on XCorp's platform. The intention behind this, according to XCorp, was to fabricate a deceptive narrative, suggesting that the platform is overwhelmed with harmful content, a narrative that, if believed, could severely damage the company's reputation and its market standing. Now, the lawsuit levels a series of specific accusations against the nonprofit organization. These charges include breach of contract, violation of federal computer fraud laws, intentional interference with contractual relations, and inducing breach of contract. Acting on behalf of XCorp, the company's attorney had issued a formal demand for a jury trial, signaling the firm's determination to pursue the matter to its legal conclusion. The legal filing came mere hours after the CDH made a public letter sent to the organization by Musk's attorney, Alex Spiro, dated July 20th. The communication indicated that XCorp was conducting an internal investigation to determine whether the CDH's false and misleading claims about Twitter were actionable under federal law. The CDH founder and chief executive issued a statement to NBC News in which they leveled sharp criticism at Musk. According to them, the tech mogul, also known for his leadership roles at SpaceX and Tesla, is resorting to authoritarian tactics to silent dissent. He asked, Musk is now showing he will stop at nothing to silence anyone who criticizes him for his own decisions and actions. The chief executive Ahmed was categorically in asserting that the CCDH's research demonstrated a disturbing trend of hate and disinformation spreading rapidly on the platform under Musk's ownership. In his view, the lawsuit filed by XCorp represented a direct attempt to thwart these efforts. They said, Musk is trying to shoot the messenger who highlights the toxic content on his platform rather than deal with the toxic environment he's created. The CEO further vowed that the CCDH's independent research would continue unbated, promising Musk will not bully us into silence. The research report that seemed to particularly irk XCorp and trigger the legal reaction claimed that the platform had failed to take action against 99% of 100 posts flagged by CDH staff members. Now, these posts allegedly contain racism, homophobic, and anti-Semitic content, representing a clear violation of the platform's rules and policies. And since acquiring Twitter last year, Musk has been the force of intense scrutiny and widespread criticism. Top hate speech watchdog groups and activists have vocally condemned him for loosening restrictions on what can be posted on the platform. This move has raised many eyebrows among business analysts, too who view his decision as erratic and impulsive, potentially undermining the platform's credibility and its future growth. The Center for Countering Digital Hate's research has received wide coverage with mentions in outlets like NBC News, The New York Times, The Washington Post, CN, and many others. This widespread dissemination of the research findings has undoubtedly contributed to the heightening tensions between XCorp and CDH. 
Critics have also taken aim at Musk for the content he puts on his own account. The billionaire has been known to share controversial or conspiratorial content, prompting many to question his commitment to moderating harmful content on the platform he owns. Defending his approach, Musk has claimed that he is acting in the interest of free speech, an ideal he hopes to embody by transforming Twitter into a digital town square. Now, countering the narrative put forth by the CDH and other critics, Musk has claimed that the prevalence of hate speech on the platform is decreasing. He substantiated his claim with a tweet dating at November 23rd, in which he stated that hate speech impressions were down by one third. Accompanying the tweet was a graph seemingly derived from internal data, which depicted a downward trend in hate speech on the platform. Now, the escalating conflict between X Corp and CDH signals a turbulent era for social media platforms as they navigate the delicate balance between ensuring user safety and maintaining a commitment to free speech. With legal proceedings, we're going to watch this closely to see how this case might set a precedent for future interactions between social media companies and watchdog groups, including Meta, Google, etc. And meanwhile, X-Corp's aggressive legal stance against the CDH underscores the enormous challenges and the high stakes involved in the fight against online hate speech and disinformation in our digital society, on social media, and online in general. If you like the show or if you want to support us, please take a second and it's free. You hit the subscribe or the follow button on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on right now. That would greatly help us and we're growing tremendously because of your support. NASA and Axiom Space and SpaceX have signed an agreement for the fourth private astronaut mission to the International Space Station, scheduled to launch no earlier than August of 2024 from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. This represents a significant stride in making space more accessible, transforming low Earth orbit into a domain that transcends government-led expeditions. Now, this mission, called AX4, is a part of an increasingly concerted effort to make space a more commercial domain, with NASA becoming one among many customers in the market. Axiom Space, SpaceX, and other private entities are now boldly venturing where only governments have gone before, heralding a new era of space exploration. And this ambitious mission brings us one step closer to normalizing life in microgravity and making the final frontier a place not just for exploration, but also for the business-minded. But before we dive into all the intriguing details about this upcoming mission, we need to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Their invaluable support helps us keep this podcast free for all our listeners. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back with more insights about this really cool mission. Welcome back, everybody. NASA and Axiom Space and SpaceX and their continual march toward making the cosmos more accessible to the masses have set a new milestone. The two entities have recently signed an order to the fourth private astronaut mission to the International Space Station. Now, this expedition, referred to as Axiom Mission 4 or AX4, is provisionally scheduled to lift off no earlier than August of 2024 from NASA's Kennedy Space Center located in Florida. Now, the anticipated milestone encapsulates the latest of NASA's endeavors to broaden low-Earth orbit utilization beyond government-backed missions. Phil McAllister, the director of commercial space at NASA headquarters in Washington, hailed the development. He highlighted that these orders mark critical stepping stones to creating a commercial space marketplace, with NASA as one of the many customers. And Axiom's Mission 4 will aim to stay attached to the space station for up to two weeks. This specific launch date will be contingent upon the overall spacecraft traffic to the orbital outpost and other planning constraints. 
Now, to ensure a seamless operation, though, NASA and Axiom space mission planners will synchronize in-orbit activities for the private astronauts. This coordination will facilitate the team's interaction with station crew members and flight controllers on the ground. Michael Sefredini, CEO and president of Axiom Space, expressed his company's enthusiasm for the mission. He stated, Each mission allows us to build on the foundation we have set for the world's first commercial space station, Axiom Station. Now, he affirmed that these ventures will play an instrumental role in the normalization of living and working in microgravity. And they would also promote commercial space activities, expand space access, and foster knowledge and experience related to working and living in space. To prepare for the AX4 mission, Axiom Space will propose four crew members to NASA and its international partners to review. And once approved, these individuals will become the prime crew members for the mission. These astronauts will undergo training with NASA, international partners, and SpaceX. And the training will familiarize them with the spacecraft systems, protocols, and emergency readiness for the Dragon spacecraft. Now, Axiom Space's partnership with SpaceX extends beyond training. The private aerospace manufacturer has been contracted to provide transportation to and from the International Space Station. This collaboration facilitates the integration of private and commercial stakeholders in space exploration, advancing towards a more accessible space economy. This landmark partnership between Axiom Space and NASA consists of two main agreements, a mission-specific order and a reimbursable Space Act agreement. The former encompasses crew supplies, cargo delivery, storage, and in-orbit resources for daily use. It also includes provisions for seven contingency days aboard the space station. Now, as part of the order, Axiom Space may offer NASA-specific capabilities. These could range from a return of scientific samples requiring cold storage to leveraging the mission commander's time for completing NASA science and performing tasks for the agency. The reimbursable Space Act agreement, on the other hand, outlines the services that Axiom Space will pay NASA to enable the mission. These services include crew training and use of facilities at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston and the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Furthermore, SpaceX has similar reimbursable agreements with NASA Kennedy for launch services. Now, NASA's private astronaut missions are not new endeavors, though. Axiom Space was chosen for the third private astronaut mission back in March, and the proposed crew members for this expedition are currently under review by NASA and its international partners, with a formal announcement expected later this year. Now, this mission is set to launch no earlier than January of 2024. The selection of these private astronaut missions was made following proposals received in response to NASA's September 2022 research announcement. The missions were evaluated based on the provider's ability to successfully execute a mission, NASA's capacity to support the proposed mission, and the mission's contribution to NASA's goal of commercialization of low-Earth orbit. For over 22 years, NASA has facilitated a constant U.S. human presence in low-Earth orbit. The ultimate goal is to foster a marketplace in low-Earth orbit where NASA is among many customers and the private sector leads the charge forward. Now, this strategy not only reduces the cost for government-backed space activities, but also allows NASA to concentrate on bigger things, such as the Artemis missions, which is aimed at the moon and eventually the red planet of Mars. Now, meanwhile, low-Earth orbit continues to be an essential training and proving ground for these deep space missions, contributing to the broader vision of space exploration. We're turning our attention to the recent strides made at SpaceX's Starbase in Boca Chica, Texas. Now, this is a particular focus on the ongoing testing phase of the Starship program down there. Now, from the static fire testings of the Raptor engines to the implementation of the new water deluge system, we'll be discussing how these key operations contribute to the program's ambitious objectives of an orbital test flight, hopefully sometime in 2023 
or maybe early 2024. Now, we're also going to explore the journey of Booster 9, its recent trials on the orbital launch mount, the OLM, and what these developments signify for the future of the Starship. Now, before we get into the details, we're taking a quick commercial break, but don't go anywhere because there's plenty more Starship news coming up. And remember, your continued support is what helps us keep this show free and helps us continue doing this. So we'll be right back, so stay tuned. Just last week, SpaceX's ambitious Starship program shifted gears and ventured into a critical phase of testing with a focus on Booster 9, the water deluge system, and other core aspects of the program's operations at SpaceX's Starbase Texas. Now, the significant recent activities have cleared the path for an intensive period of evaluations, commencing with static test firings of the Raptor engines facilitated by the water deluge system. And an array of large test windows were publicized beginning on Friday, indicative of an ambitious testing schedule. And the agenda comprises two separate events, a spin prime test, a necessary precursor to a static fire test involving an as-yet-unspecified number of engines. And on Thursday, July 20th, SpaceX hoisted Booster 9 onto the orbital launch mount following its transition from the production vicinity of Starbase to the orbital launch pad. This monumental move was made feasible by the significant amount of work undertaken at the OLM and launch pad area ahead of the proof test on the booster, earmarked for the forthcoming Starship launch. Now, Sunday, July 23rd, marked another significant milestone as Booster 9 was filled with liquid oxygen and liquid nitrogen in the methane tank. Both tanks reached full capacity during the testing of the booster on the OLM, the first instance since Starship's eventful maiden flight on April 20th. Now, the test adopted an extended holding period where cryogenic fluids were allowed to remain in the tanks where the booster underwent a detanking process that spanned several hours. Once the test had concluded, workers opened an access door at the base of the liquid oxygen tank for inspection. Simultaneously, while the team inspected the liquid oxygen tank on Booster 9, the groundwork for the subsequent key phase of the booster's testing regime was being laid. The water deluge system, which had been successfully tested at partial pressure earlier in the month, was ready for a full pressure examination. The full pressure test on July 28th met the mark as an outpour of water jetted from steel plates underneath the OLM. The system was designed to release water at an angle to avoid the Raptor nozzles. Now, this water release endured for a span of about 8 to 10 seconds, as was followed by an audibly potent release of pressure from the water tank farm located behind the launch tower. Now, inside the system, the holes are geometrically arranged to form a hexagon, matching the positions of the outer 20 Raptor engines on the booster. Now, Ship 28 was relocated to the former Massey's gun range, though, now on SpaceX testing ground on Friday, July 21st, for proof testing using cryogenic fluids. Concurrently, Booster 10 made its exit from Massey's and arrived at the Rocket Garden, adjacent to the production site, in the early hours of Saturday, July 22nd. A visible frost line on Ship 28's liquid oxygen and methane tanks suggested the successful loading of cryogenic fluids on July 28th. The ship furnished with fins, tiles, and a payload bay, is anticipated to be transported back to the production site for the installation of its Raptor engines. Future plans for Ship 28 include coupling with Booster 10 for the third Starship test launch. Now, the extensive production and testing undertaken at Starbase has not been limited to ships and boosters, though. Smaller test components have been employed to scrutinize various features and tolerances of these vehicles. Ship 24.2 is one of those test rigs. Is designed to evaluate the payload base system ahead of its utilization to deploy size Starlink version 2 satellites. 
And another recent test article features a hot staging ring nestled between an aft ring for the ship and top section of a booster. This was transported to Massey's on Sunday, July 30th for structural testing. And a hot staging ring will be incorporated into Booster 9 and subsequent vehicles to streamline the stage separation procedure during flight because it didn't work very well on the original integrated flight test number one. Now, the separation, that is. There was no hot staging ring in the first test. Now, while preparations for Ship 28's flight continue, Ship 25 has had missing tiles installed and has been affixed to a crane for a future lift. It's going to fly a top Booster 9 for the upcoming second Starship test flight. Now, as ships 25 and 20 undergo preparations for future flights, other vehicles such as Ship 30 have commenced construction. And to make room for these new endeavors, older ships like Ship 27 and Ship 15 have gone the way of the Dodo. They're gone. They've been dismantled. And the latter, a landmark vehicle in Starship's journey, being the first full vehicle with fins to successfully complete a landing, was disassembled on Wednesday, July 26. And despite the ship's boosters and the orbital launch site drawing the most attention, the production facilities at Starbase are undergoing significant upgrades as well. The final sections of a new processing high bay are being installed on the existing structure. It's anticipated that this new facility will soon commence vehicle processing. The expansion of the Star Factory, the planned replacement for the current factory tents, is underway too. Another building on site appears to house stacks of full-size Starlink V2 satellites, preparing them for future launches. It's yet to be determined whether Ship 28 will have the honor of deploying these spacecraft first, or if it'll be a ship later on. Now, in the days to come, static fire test of Booster 9 is scheduled. This critical test, potentially involving possibly all 33 engines, will stress test the deluge system in steel plates, as well as the redesigned OLM. And a spin prime test preceding the static fire is also on the cards. And in an attempt to shield the launch pad and Starship from a potential rock tornado, SpaceX is heavily reliant on an upside-down shower head, so to speak, as Elon Musk has said. This system is integral to the goal of achieving rapid reusability of the launch pad, which is vital for Starlink version 2, Artemis lunar missions, Mars missions, and other applications of the Starship system in the future. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you could take a second and hit the follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening on right now, it's free and it's easy and it helps us out tremendously and we can continue bringing you these Starship updates. So thank you so much for that. Also, please take care of yourselves and each other and I will see you in the next one.